type. Caterpillar to a butterfly. It's green and growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Good morning. Good Saturday morning. Welcome to Green and Growing here on 95.5 WSB. I'm uh, getting over a little bit of a cold, so I sound a little stuffy. And if I sniffle, if I have to turn the microphone off and cough, I apologize. But nevertheless, I feel pretty good. I'm here with Brent. I'm here with DeMarco. We are here until 8 o'clock this morning, taking your calls as well. 404-872-0750. I think other than the beginning of summer, late spring, early summer, this is probably the time the show gets the most phone calls because you're starting to get back out in the lawn, get back out in the yard and the landscape, try to figure things out, put things back together if you kind of let them go astray over the summer. So I'm here to help the best I can. 404-872-0750 and answer your questions. And then at 8 o'clock this morning, we go off the air a little early for the uh, tailgate show, the pregame show for the University of Georgia Bulldogs. They traveled to Nashville yesterday. That's where they are, and they're going to play the Vanderbilt Commodores today. Kick off at noon, and you hear every minute of the game and the matchup right here on your home of the dogs, 95.5 WSB. And at the bottom of the hour, be talking with Walter Reeves, going to poke him. He set his alarm, wake him up. And I want to ask him about what to be doing now in regards to bulbs, because that's one of those things you have to be two seasons ahead. If you want all of those beautiful things sprouting up from the frozen ground in the spring, you've got to do that planting now or coming up very, very soon here in the Georgia and the metro Atlanta area. So fall planting for spring flowering bulbs. And there's so many different kinds that you can pick from. So if you haven't already picked some up at the nursery, it may be a good time to do that. Some of your ideas for early spring, the bulbs that you see blooming in the early spring, the earliest that I see in my landscape are daffodils. Um, But anemone, those come up early. Tulips, the mini daffodils, sometimes often come up ahead of just the regular yellow ones. Snowdrops, those are beautiful. And crocus, crocus are so short. They're so pretty. Mid-spring, later on, narcissus, different varieties of tulips that'll just provide continual blooms through the summer, or through the spring, rather. And then late spring, you're looking at lilies, Dutch iris, allium, things like that. So some of the varieties of things. I may share this uh, this little infographic on the Facebook page if that's something you want to look at. Um, on Facebook, search Green and Growing WSB. You can like or follow the Facebook page there. I'll give you some ideas. And if you know some of those words and the names but can't quite picture what the flower looks like, that may actually be pretty helpful. So we'll talk to Walter Reeves, the Georgia gardener, at the bottom of the hour about that. And then at 7 o'clock, I can't wait to interview Jim Putnam. I don't know how many of you as gardeners follow HortTube on YouTube, but his YouTube channel, HortTube, um, has so many followers And he's just a very good basic how-to, showing you new plants, introducing you to new things, ideas for the landscape. He's based here in the southeast area. So I'll be talking with Jim Putnam. And I specifically want to talk about camellias because I was delighted the other day driving down my driveway when I saw the first two, three, four, five blooms on my Sasanqua camellia. I've got tree forms, two of them. 
to tree forms the sanguine camellias and I look forward to those blooms every fall and I always say it reminds me of a fried egg because my variety is a white flower with this big yellow center and it just stands out it just pops up against that waxy deep green foliage and the leaves so that's exciting to see Sasanqua camellia opening up now and then come maybe January after Christmas you'll have the japonica variety so then you'll have a lot of more of those bright colors some of the ones are like deep reds and burgundies and hot pinks and things like that the japonica and a lot of those can be big shrub form I mean they can grow six to eight feet tall four feet wide so a lot of uh curiosity and inquiries for my guest Jim Putnam at seven o'clock about camellias and taking your calls as well 404-872-0750 so something a listener shared with me which was really interesting I'm friends with so many arborists and people in the industry and people that just absolutely love trees and one of the saddest things here lately to think about with that KMP fire complex out in California affecting Sequoia National Park the latest update from um, the National Park Service is that it is now affecting 9,300 acres, 0% containment, and it all started with a lightning strike back on September 9th, and that's continuing to burn through the Sequoia National Park. Firefighters, all of these volunteers are doing everything they can to try to save some of the trees. There's four famous giant sequoia trees, huge. I mean, you couldn't even put your arms around these things. They're gigantic. So far, here we are, September 25th, the latest update that I see. They're not harmed by the wildfire that has reached that area. And it's so fascinating to see what they're having to do, protecting these with fire blankets to try to, you know, contain that and really help save the trees. So there's some of the oldest, largest trees in the world. One's named General Sherman, as a matter of fact, because it's so big and so notable but they wrap these monarch sequoias with metallic fireproof blankets and general sherman estimated to be between 2300 and 2700 years old 275 feet high so that is definitely a tree worth saving so the national park service continually updating folks on the situation out there with the knp fire complex and our thoughts and our prayers or with folks who are impacted by that 93 9600 acres ablaze that is just terrifying and you think what you could do you know to make your home a little more safe and a little less rampant we don't have wildfires granted but if you're out burning leaves if something goes awry with a gasoline powered equipment or tool that you've got out in the yard really keeping brush and limbs and things off of your house away from your home you've got the limbs the large limbs that kind of overhang hang onto your roof kind of rub into your gutter that's never a good idea anyways just for the fact that debris fills up the gutters faster over time it wears down your roof it also gives squirrels a great avenue to get right from the tree onto your roof and then goodness knows where they where they go from there in the eaves and all that kind of thing um, but also keeping brush and shrubs and things cut back from the house whether you've got a stucco you know facade or siding or cedar especially cedar something like that too and in the beds that surround your home whether it's pine bark mulch just dirt making sure any mulch layer is pulled back from the house as well because we've had 
pest control experts on the show as well. Termites is always a consideration there. So if you leave a little bit of a gap, two, three, four inch gap from mulch, you know, between the bed and your house, that's always just going to be a little bit safer. But anything that's dry, anything that's dead, getting that away from the house as well, just protecting your home and keeping things smart, keeping things a little tidier as well. 404-872-0750. So one of the exciting things I did, despite the fact that I was not feeling great this week, I made it out to the Marietta National Cemetery. And why? Why did I find myself at the Marietta National Cemetery this week? Well, I ran into some folks who you may know, some have been guests on this very show before, but arborists here in Georgia, not just the Atlanta area, but all over the state get together for a special day of work. They did that this past Wednesday. And let me start by introducing you to Dan Bauer of Arbor Equity. He served as the site leader for this special project, Saluting Branches. Very special annual event going on here today. Tell me what this is about and what these volunteers are doing today. So in 2015, this started as a national program throughout now it's 40 states. There's 67 national cemeteries being touched. And since 2015, there's been 11,000 arborists involved who have basically donated about $11 million worth of services back to the national cemeteries. I see a lot of professional equipment here. I see a lot of workers here today. I can go around and kind of get a feel for what different tasks everyone has, but what overall are we doing for the cemetery today? It's a lot about safety um, and aesthetics and cleaning up the trees. We are constantly looking to help and give back to the trees and the people and keep these places very nice. A lot of people use the cemeteries as walking grounds and just coming out for a sense of beauty. And so if we can help them and keep the tree health up, that'll really go a long way. And Raymond Dan with the Marietta National Cemetery, so grateful for the work these arborists did on this day. Uh, Saluting Branches is one of our incredible partners. What they do is they come out here and help us care for the trees, which is, is a very large task at hand for us every year, especially for Marietta National Cemetery. It's a historic Civil War era cemetery. Uh, so a lot of these trees are very historic, mature trees, and the work that they do helps us preserve them days like today you've got your community around you you've got partners around you and you have people that just show how much they care Um, you look forward to seeing people out here trying to do what they're doing today hi i'm christy bryant the owner of speaking for the trees today i am saluting branches by being out here to make coffee and give everybody cold water being the president of the george arborist association it's important that all these guys that are coming and giving their time feel appreciated Hi, I'm Justin from Bartlett Tree Experts, and I'm here saluting branches, supporting our climbers. I'm Summer Price with Arbor Guard Tree Specialists. I'm saluting branches by Deadwooding Trees. Have you been to this event before? No, this is my first time. So far, I love it. It's really exciting getting to work with different people from different tree companies and coming together to do something that clearly hasn't been done in a while. I'm Candace Bohannon from Covington, Georgia. I work for Arbor Equity. We're out here today at Saluting Branches doing some tree preservation on these beautiful pecans, oaks, um, just taking care of them. It's a very rewarding experience to be here, and I'm glad that we get to do this every year. 
My name is Chappie Wheeler. I'm with Sweetwater Tree Service. I'm saluting branches by cleaning up the trees and taking the deadwood out. I'm Seth Hawkins. I'm a community forester with the Georgia Forestry Commission. Today I'm saluting branches by helping the arboricultural community care for the trees in this space because what better way is there to honor people that we love and miss than to plant and care for the trees for them. And this is a neat volunteer opportunity that happens once a year. Do you have to be a professional arborist to come? No, we accept any volunteer hours. Anybody that wants to come and participate. Um, we've before in the past just had veterans that know about it that want to come because they want to give back. We can piece them in with the professionals. There's 18 different tree companies working side by side today out here. So there's a lot of camaraderie in the tree industry and we really boost that on days like today. It's the one day we can volunteer and give back to our veterans and their families. So thanks to Dan Bauer and to Christy Bryant for providing me with the opportunity to be a part of that. Saluting Branches, it's a registered nonprofit, and you kind of get the play on words, right? Saluting Branches. They're pruning the trees, but saluting the branches of the military. You heard Dan there say 18 different tree companies helped with the uh, project on Wednesday. 61 volunteers were there. It started to drizzle around lunchtime, but that didn't stop them. Provided $39,000 worth of services, and those arborists took days away from their businesses, making money to come do this. It was really a really neat opportunity. So if you want more information about saluting branches, you can certainly reach out to me. It's in partnership with the Department of Veterans Affairs, VA District uh, agronomists and arborists from across the country. So, so proud of the work that they did. Congratulations, guys. That was a really neat day. Coming up on 620, you're going to step out, check traffic and weather, and we'll be back with the top three things to do in the landscape this weekend. It's 95.5 WSB. It's Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on 95.5 WSB. The news, weather, and traffic team will be here first thing Monday morning to help you get back to work on time and informed. Now back to Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca on 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's News and Talk. And I'm here with you right now, 626 on a Saturday morning. The weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. You're going to like it, guys. Partly cloudy today, a perfect fall afternoon, high of 78. It's a little chilly out there now in the mid-50s. Sunshine tomorrow and Monday with highs in the low 80s. Your complete forecast comes up in less than 10 minutes. Green and Growing! Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. All right, so what my husband and I are doing this weekend is not fun, but the things that I'm going to give you are probably a little more enjoyable. We are gonna use the um, weed eater on some overgrown weeds. I have to mow the grass, cut some wild grapevines out of my camellias that are so beautiful right now, uh, and remove some ivy. So don't have those things on your list. What you wanna do is like number one, plant perennials like asters, joe pie weed, Japanese anemone, and ornamental grasses for fall color. We went over some ideas for those ornamental grasses, just versatile plants that provide four seasons of interest and often at their best in the fall, those ornamental grasses because of the plumes. They're so beautiful. Number two, continue to mow, edge and water as needed. Okay, so maybe you will be doing some of the same things as me. The best time to mow in the evening though, when the grass is dried out, the temperatures have cooled. You can fertilize fescue right now, just buy a lawn fertilizer high in nitrogen. And number three, save seeds. I know some of the perennials, or uh, some of the annuals rather, summer annuals that are kind of dead, uh, you want to cut those, but actually leave them from the Audubon Society. They provide good food for the birds. So something like your black-eyed Susans, coneflowers, zinnias, those kind of things. 
you know, resist the temptation to snip those. The birds would certainly appreciate you leaving them. 404-872-0750. Coming up on the news, we'll be back with your calls. 404-872-0750. Talk to Fred in Lawrenceville and you right here on 95.5 WSB. January 6th rally planned for today here at the Georgia Capitol coming up at 11 a.m. This, by the way, the same group that protested at the U.S. Capitol last weekend. The organizers say they are coming to show their support for people who are facing charges in connection with the riot at the Capitol in D.C. back on January 6th. Volunteers to clean up Lake Lanier today. About 12 million people visit the area every year, leaving behind loads and loads of trash, an estimated 80 tons. Channel 2 Action News reporter Burt Peterson. On Lake Lanier, navigating the Dawson County section, longtime skipper John Barker says he's never seen anything like it. It was very obvious in 2020, and I guess maybe we got accustomed to it, so it wasn't as obvious in 2021. And they're going to pick up all that trash. Trash. They say it's a lot worse now because of the coronavirus pandemic. Lots of people heading out there. WSB News Time coming up on 632 Traffic and Weather next. We're here for you 24 hours a day. The top local and national news every 30 minutes breaking news traffic red alerts and storm center updates immediately 95.5 wsb atlantis news and talk you pushed you pulled you walked away frustrated is this your relationship with your windows break up hey it's jonathan and ted time to fall in love with infinity from marvin fiberglass windows they're beautiful they'll brighten your home and your detailed window installation will be quick clean and hassle free a perfect relationship window shopping made simple at ngwindows.com north georgia replacement windows yeah you're trying to enjoy your backyard, but no matter what direction you turn your chair, you can't avoid it. You're siding. It's awful. Replace it already. Home Fix It host Dave Baker here. I recommend Nelson Exteriors. They're a James Hardy elite preferred contractor with more dedicated project managers, so it's done right, lasts longer, and looks beautiful. Pick the company that's more picky than you. My siding experts at Nelson Exteriors. Get your free siding quote. Just Google Nelson Exteriors. Just hearing the word cancer can be frightening. At Kaiser Permanente, we're a leader in the prevention, early detection, and treatment of cancer. We keep track of your cancer screenings and remind you when it's time for the next one. And if you ever do hear that word, our teams of specialists use cutting-edge treatments to help make other words like hope, recovery, and cancer-free possible. Kaiser Permanente. Tomorrow's health care today. Learn more at kp.org thrive. Did you know that today is National Tune-Up Day? Well, it is, and Service Experts is celebrating with wishes. That means for every home heating and air tune-up they perform in the month of September, they'll make a $5 contribution to Make-A-Wish up to $20,000 to help them on their mission to create life-changing wishes for children with critical illnesses. Want to do National Tune-Up Day right? There's an expert for that. Make-A-Wish come true today. Schedule your home heating and air tune-up today at serviceexperts.com. Know why we call it WSB Triple Team Traffic? Well, because we're in the air, watching with cameras everywhere and on the roads. Triple Team Traffic is on 95.5 WSB. Depend on it. WSB News Time 634. Now live team coverage of traffic and weather. Doug Turnbull in the WSB 24-hour traffic center. Stop me if you've heard this before, Robin, but there is a new ramp opening and the 285-400 interchange. The 285 eastbound new ramp to Ashford. Now, Woody opens tomorrow morning around this time or before 9 a.m. And to make 
make that happen. The old one is shut down there, exit 29. Also, the 400 north and south ramps to 285 east are shut for now. And two right lanes are blocked 285 east between Roswell Road and Ashford Dunwoody. So, could be messy later there. At least they're picking up the construction on the south side, 75 south near 138. But they're still working in the right lane, 75 north, up near I-285. Sponsored by Whole Foods Market, it's Gouda Palooza at Whole Foods. Take 20% off all Gouda through October 5th, plus an extra 10% off for Prime members while supplies last. Learn more on the Whole Foods Market app. Doug Turnbull, 95.5 WSB. I'm WSB meteorologist Christina Edwards. A few clouds passing by this afternoon, but plenty of sunshine warming to a high of 78. Overnight into Sunday morning, dipping back down to a low of 56. Sunday afternoon, plenty of sunshine, high 81. Trending warmer for Monday, high 83 under a mostly sunny sky. And right now, a chilly 56 degrees here on Peachtree Street. Feels nice. Feels like fall. I'm Robert Walensky, 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's News and Talk. It's green and growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Ready to get back to it and start with your calls here on Green and Growing. Good morning. 404-872-0750. You know the number. I don't know why I keep saying it, but that is the number. And that is the very number that Fred called from Lawrenceville this morning to get on the air with a question about cabbage. Hey, Fred, good morning. Good morning, Ashley. How are you? Very good. What's going on? Well, I got the raised beds cleaned out and all tilled under and everything. I was wondering if it's too late to plant some real cabbage. It may be a little late only because it's going to take 45 to 80 days to harvest. And so I'm afraid that if it's the longer part of that, the 70 or 80 days that it may take, that we're going to get into like a hard freeze, which would just snap it and ruin it. Uh, Lawrenceville, that's a little promising because you're not, you know, in the extreme parts of North Georgia. You could try it. It's a little late, but you could try it as long as it's going to be getting all the sun that it needs. That could maybe, you know, make sure you have a little bit shorter time frame for the harvest. Yeah, it's not too expensive. We'll give it a shot. Yeah. How about putting out pre? How about putting out pre-emergent? It's a little late to do that too, but go ahead and do it. Do you have uh, what kind of lawn do you have? It's a mix between Bermuda and Soja, I believe. Okay, yeah, I would go ahead and get that in. Nothing else necessary. You don't need to do the two-in-one product or anything. Just a straight-up weed preventer right now, um, and that's going to be perfect. You know, water it in, and you should be good to go. Good deal. I'll yeah. do it. Thanks, Fred. That was a great question. I really appreciate the call. Thanks. All right. Fingers crossed for the cabbage. It does best when planted in the early spring, but we love plants like that and broccoli and cauliflower because you have two times a year to, to try to make that work. So when you're planting it late summer for the fall harvest, you're really looking at kind of a late August, early September only because, like I said, that harvest, the time to harvest, you know, 45 to 80 days. That's just an awful long time. But they are heavy feeders too, Fred. So when you're doing that cabbage, I wouldn't put it around anything else. It might deplete um, some of the nutrients. Like if you have broccoli or cauliflower or something nearby, they need a lot of space. They need about 18 inches in between. So that's great. All right. We have somebody special on the line. Who could it be? Walter's Wondering. Walter's Wondering. The definitive questions and answers from WSB's OG Garden Guru, Walter Reeves. He's back. Here he is on the phone with us on a Saturday morning. Hey, Walter. Good morning. Hey, Ashley. Good morning. So this is our 
favorite time of year. It's the end of September, getting into the cooler weather. Love, love, love fall. But something folks should be thinking ahead about is around Easter time, before Easter, when you want all of those spring flowering bulbs just exploding and looking beautiful in the ground. What can you be doing right now? Oh, man, you can start planting. October is actually the month I say plant spring flowering spring flowering bulbs like tulips and daffodils and stuff like that. So I think uh, or late September would be fine. So if you can find the bulbs it's on sale at the garden center, go ahead and buy your bulbs and get them in the ground. Don't wait till December and call you or call me and say, <laughs> hey, I found 25 of these daffodils. Can I still plant them? I know it's Christmas, but can I still plant them? It's uh, better to get them in the ground in September, October than it is to wait and get them in the ground late. What does that cool weather do to them as they're literally like chilling in the in the ground, in the soil? What does that help? It literally is chilling them because they need that chill time to develop from a fleshy bulb to a flowering bulb to form a little flowering tip inside the bulb. And so some people live in Florida, for instance, they can't grow spring flowering, flowering bulbs without putting it in a refrigerator to chill for a while. And that then converts, as I said, the flesh to the flower. And uh, we don't have to do that here because we've got plenty of wintertime chill time and cold weather in the wintertime. But uh, if you get them in the ground in October, you've got plenty of chill time. They'll come beautifully here in spring. So you've got a good couple of months, folks, to be working on this one, to pick out the spring flowering bulbs that you want. Most of them prefer light shade to full sunshine. So be thinking about that. What would you say? I mean, six to ten hours of direct light, is that going to be enough? I think eight hours is pretty good. That'll make them look pretty good. And, you know, you have the early flower and the middle flower and the late flower, so you can select different bulbs that flower at different times in the spring. Have a whole panoply of color from, gosh, the middle to the late part of February all the way mm-hmm. to May. Yeah, I always think of daffodils as being the first ones I see. Yeah. Oh, so Gibbs Gardens. In January and December. Talk about March and April up at Gibbs Gardens and Ball yeah, Ground. Oh, holy yeah. cow, that's a lot of that's a lot of daffodils. Holy cow. <laughs> Gibbs um, Gardens in, in Ball Ground is unbelievable. Um, the Atlanta Gardens is unbelievable. They got bulbs everywhere, blooming oh. every day and week of the springtime. It's I gorgeous. should post a picture. I I took my mom there years ago and uh, tulips. Oh my gosh, the display of tulips at Atlanta Botanical Gardens was outstanding. That's another favorite. Yeah. Talk and to again, me. Gibbs Gardens and has a big display too. Yeah. Now talk to me about uh, the importance of A, planting depth and B, spacing. When we're down on our knees, we're digging out the little holes for these bulbs. <laughs> Those are pretty crucial because if you don't plant it at the right depth, you're going to have a problem. They get too warm is what happens if you plant shallowly. And if you plant too deeply, they sometimes get waterlogged or soggy and nothing the bulb hates worse than soggy soil. So the general rule of thumb is to plant on a couple of times the diameter of the bulb. So if you've got a bulb that's say an inch in diameter, inch across, you plant it two inches down, two to three inches down. And if you have one that's bigger than that, like a tulip that's two inches across, plant it uh, four or five inches down. Okay, that's easy enough. Now, what about yeah. to get through the winter time? if we're just going to be installing them in October, November, is a mulch layer necessary? Not necessary. It's nice because it makes the area look finished like this is pretty and so yeah a little thin layer of pine straw or chips or something like that they'll come right through in the spring they'll emerge so no problem in, in doing that 
So, uh, yeah, just mulch for the, for the appearance, I guess, is all you do. A little fertilizer wouldn't hurt either. This oh. is the time of year when the bulbs, as they start making their roots in the in the soil in October, November, December, they then can t- take up nutrients pretty easily. So bulb fertilizer, any of the bulb fertilizer you see on sale, uh, even 10, 10, 10, I'm sure would work too. But uh, a little fertilizer sure would be nice. The bulbs would appreciate it. That's good to know, definitely. So what, what are we looking for at Pike Nursery as far as bulb fertilizer? It'll say it on the bag. Oh. Bulb fertilizer oh. <laughs> usually has a little bit higher number for, for phosphorus, but uh, the, the formulation, the ratio of nutrients, is, I'm sure the people at the Pike Nursery Fertilizer Factory have figured out what kind of fertilizer is best for bulbs, and that's what you get at Pike. A little bit higher phosphorus, that middle number. Yeah. You know what I did recommend uh, to a listener recently, though? I had a video on the Facebook page, on the Greeny Growing WSB Facebook page, of my white ginger lily. And, oh, my gosh, back in the beginning of the month, wow. that thing exploded. It, it grows tall and leafy like a canna lily reminds me of it. But the version of beautiful white flowers and, of course, the smell. White ginger lily smells amazing. And somebody oh, was like, good. can yeah. I overwinter those? And I told him, yeah, if you're not, like, in the North Georgia mountains, um, I take the risk. But now that my stuff's established... I leave the canna lilies, the elephant ears, and the white ginger lily in the ground, and I do put a thick layer of mulch um, on top of them to kind of help keep them insulated from the winter. Mm-hmm. Um, caladiums, I'm, no, I'm no good with caladiums, but these other three, yeah, yeah I think we will have success, right? Yeah, that's the perfect way to do it. The gin- like you, I had ginger lilies here that just smell so good as you walk past them. Uh, I have uh, elephant ear, which I sometimes dig up, sometimes I don't. Uh-huh. Um, sort of depends on my mood and how I tell you <laughs> work I have to do that day. Can lilies, yeah, I left can lilies in the ground for four or five years, and they still come up healthily every year. And now that they're starting to fade, I mean, you can certainly, you know, cut them back. I had somebody talked to me about canna lilies and she said when I cut them back and they're just sticky and gross and I said well I wait for them to yeah. you know a really good dry day they're almost wilted down and when I go to right. cut them they're thick they're big around but I'm able to just cut them right down but is that a good yep. time once they're starting to fade to uh dig up that yeah. rhizome yeah. and split it or should we wait till spring I think I do wait till spring do the the division and the cutting and stuff like that in springtime, where you know what you have left after the winter. If anyone yeah. was damaged, you could just note see them. But one thing to remember, actually, if you're cutting the stems of cannas and uh, elephant ear, mm-hmm. all these plants are members of the same family, the aeroids family, and the sap can be pretty irritating if you get it on your skin, sometimes oh. in your eyes particularly. So be, wear some glasses or be real careful as you cut the stems of these plants. Because that's that will it'll cause big problems to get it, get it in your eyes. That's good to know. I've never had that, but I will definitely take note. You know what? Some something else. Um, our friend Sandra Parrish, you know that here is our Capitol reporter, sure, longtime sure. reporter at WSB Radio, um, was working around Virginia creeper, five leaves, not three, like poison ivy, and man, she broke out bad. And people were like, "Oh no, that's poison yeah. ivy that's doing that to you." And no, it's Virginia creeper. Some folks can have really bad reactions to that. Even English ivy, yeah, oh. I've known people who have reactions. It just depends on the person. But, yeah, it's not only poison ivy that causes a reaction. You can have reactions to passion vine, for instance. A friend of mine had a big reaction to passion vine. Um, and English ivy and uh, Virginia creeper, too, can give you bad reactions on your skin. Some do, most people don't. Something to remember.
Always a good idea to, to wear protection for your eyes, like you said, and maybe long gloves yeah. if you're working with a plant you're not as familiar with. Um, but going back to bulbs, simple, we'll keep it easy. Go ahead and start looking through the catalogs, look at the nurseries, find the ones that you want. You've got plenty of time now to get them and then get them in the ground. When should we have it done by, Walter? Like, what's the latest? I would like to have it done by the first of the middle of November. So let's sort of prepare, get ready, get a bot, get some ground prepared for your bulb beds, get it done. <clears throat> so by mid-November, you can say, okay, done with that. It's time to prepare for Thanksgiving. Let's start thinking about how to decorate the house and don't worry too much about our garden by that time. Well, spring flowering bulbs, it's nice to think ahead to that. Fall is a good time to be doing that. Um, Walter, thank you so much. I always love talking to you and i hope to have you back next saturday and i love talking to you actually and i will look forward to it see you then have a great weekend it's got slate did you know you can listen to green and growing with ashley frasca on saturday mornings on your smart speaker and me too weekday mornings just tell your smart speaker play 95.5 wsb and we're on 95.5 wsb atlanta's news and talk here's ashley that's kind of scary. I can be with you wherever you go. You can play me on your smartphone, on your smart speaker, on your laptop, on your radio, in your car. So I'm everywhere. The weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. Sunshine everywhere in Metro Atlanta this weekend. For sure, a high of 78 today from our meteorologist Christina Edwards. And nothing but sunshine tomorrow, Monday, Tuesday, with highs in the low 80s. It's really going to feel like fall. Hey, I'm headed out to the Duluth Fall Festival right after this. The parade steps off at 10 o'clock. It's going to shut down a short stretch of Buford Highway near Duluth Highway 120. But come out for the Fall Festival today and tomorrow. Green, green and growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. But if you're not going to uh, play hooky, you're going to be at home stuck doing chores or things in the yard. So here are a couple things you could do. Number one, don't cut back the summer annuals that are starting to look like they're fading or even summer perennials for that matter. When you're talking about coneflowers, black-eyed Susans, other native wildflowers, save the seeds. The birds will feed on those according to the Audubon Society, but you've seen it with your own eyes. Uh, stuff you mow, deadhead. Kind of leave it. They'll forage for the seed. Number two, continue to mow and edge and water your lawn as needed. The most optimal time to mow is in the evening when the grass is dried out, temperatures have cooled. That's a little easier on you. You could fertilize fescue now with something high in nitrogen. And uh, Bermuda could benefit from a winterizer, a fertilizer applied six weeks before you estimate the first frost. Don't fertilize zoysia, centipede, or St. Augustine grasses now. So you're saying, well, how am I supposed to know when the first frost is? And there's a difference, you know, between the first frost and the first freeze. But you can go to georgiaweather.net. And that's a um, website from the University of Georgia, the College of Agricultural and Environmental Sciences. They have the estimated first frost date for our area based on historical data. And number three, plant perennials like asters, joe pie weed, anemone, and ornamental grasses. The grasses are so versatile. I love some of those. The plumes are, are appearing now out of those ornamental grasses. Durable, low-maintenance plants, and they're rarely affected by any insects or disease. And actually, critters will love living under them. They kind of provide a safe harbor for chipmunks and things like that. Not only do they add distinction in the landscape, though, but just aspects of motion and sound. So some ornamental grasses that you might like, pink muley grass, there's a purple fountain grass, um, not just your standard, you know, pampas grass that you think. There are so many other ones. 
as well to consider. 404-872-0750. When we come back, my guest at 7 o'clock is Jim Putnam. He is a host of HortTube on YouTube. That is the name of his YouTube channel, HortTube, with over 100,000 subscribers, offers gardening advice to homeowners and professionals, and he has 30 years' experience in the green industry, worked at high-end garden centers, residential and commercial landscaping, and his videos are just so easy to follow. And I guarantee he's got one on something that you're looking to do in your landscape, whether it's installation of a plant, a tree, or a shrub, how to tackle a project. He works in a partnership with the Southern Living Plant Collection. So I can't wait to talk to Jim. We could talk about anything under the sun, but specifically I want to focus our conversation on camellias because they're starting to bloom right now. Those big green waxy leaves that just stay beautiful for most of the year. But Sasanqua camellias are the ones that you may see pop in some color right now. Seems a little early for mine, but sure enough, my my white blossoms have opened with that bright yellow center. So Sasanqua is blooming now. You'll have Japonica. You already see the buds set on those. Those are going to be opening up after Christmas. So if you have any questions specific to camellias, you can give us a call now and I'll get you on with Jim Putnam, 404-872-0750. And also we're going to be talking about leaf, the fall leaf change and the color coming up and how you're going to hear that on the show in the month of October. Stay tuned. It's green and growing on WSB. You can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade, or at least grab an extra latte. After getting a Chime checking account with features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe, no minimum balance requirements, and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at Chime.com goals24. That's Chime.com goals24. Chime. Feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. SpotMe eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. 